This is Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Um, today, I, I, you know, I realized while we were talking about the middle school years that every subject that we've talked about, as we've talked about parenting, as we've talked about biblical manhood, as we talked about to wear a mask or not to wear a mask, it really all comes back to one concept, that we as Christians forfeit the right to do what we want to do. And it just has really, I think while we were talking about parenting and we kept saying, you know, it was shocking to me to realize that to to really, uh, it requires more discipline on the part of me as a parent than it does me disciplining my kids, me saying, okay, I got to get up. I got to deal with this. (laughs) I have Um, to be a parent. (laughs) And uh, it it just kind of hit me that, well, you know what, that's everything in the Christian life, that everything in the Christian life is, I really don't want to deal with this insert issue here. I much would rather uh, read a good book. I would sit around and um, it comes down to the idea that Jesus said uh, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, he says, and he, Jesus said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. That really is a summation of the Christian walk. That, because when Jesus says, take up his cross daily and follow me, there was no religious significance whatsoever to the idea of a cross. I mean, today we, we see people, even people who aren't even even claiming to be Christians that walk around with crosses. I see dudes all the time with big crosses tattooed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just <laughs> like... It's, I mean, it's because, like, you know, somebody passed away or it's got, like, their date on it or, like, mm-hmm. a whatever. Like, it, it's the symbolism of, I guess, a lot of different things to some people. And so, yeah, Madonna wears a cross all the time. I mean, it's <laughs> no matter who they are, they'll wear a cross. And so cross has this idea of churchiness. I saw uh, a video that somebody was putting out um, that was uh, a group of guys that were tearing the crosses off of some churches and some of the, the riots. And these mm-hmm. guys are up there rocking this, these crosses back and forth. And... Um, so when Jesus said, except a man take up his cross and follow me, he's not talking about jewelry. He's not talking about a, a cool tat. He's referring to one thing and one thing only. And in that, for those first century hearers would have only understood that to mean death because the cross was an instrument of death, a very, a very violent, ugly instrument of yeah, death. And super public. Like it's almost like it's super, it, it was always like a kind of a point of you're going to be publicly shamed as well because like there's a lot of that like you hang there naked for people to watch you die. And so like there comes with a lot of that context too that it's going to be public. It's going to be like none of the connotations were good. Like this isn't going to be multiple a, levels of shame. Yeah, like it, it, this it is going to be it ends yeah. death and also while you're dying you're going to be you're going to be shamed and everyone's going to watch you right. naked and die. And that's like it comes with a lot of those things. In Jesus lifetime there had been a revolt and I want to say it was between Bethany and Jerusalem, which is like a five-mile stretch. Yeah. The, the, the Roman governor lined the road with crosses yes. and executed everyone who, who was involved in that revolt and threatened anyone for removing the bodies mm-hmm. so that everybody would see, there's Uncle Jim, until those bodies rotted and carrion birds ate, ate them. And so 
at some point in Jesus' life, literally the main road between Bethany and Jerusalem was lined with crosses and rotting corpses. Yep. And so when Jesus says this, nobody's thinking jewelry. Nobody's thinking, oh, he's, he's talking about just be churchy. They're thinking domination. They're the, thinking authority and ultimately death. Yes, that someone else takes you, makes you carry the implement of your death somewhere, and then nails you to a board and lifts that up and hangs you in front of everyone to asphyxiate over time as birds come and peck your eyes out and pe- you're shamed in front of the community. Mm-hmm. And it's always done in a public place. Um, and so Jesus says, unless you take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. I, that is a crazy thing for him to say. And that had to have been jarring for the hearers. It would be like if uh, I remember uh, when I was in a kid in my teenage years, the 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 electric chair in Alabama was called the Yellow Mama, and and that was not an uncommon phrase. Did you do that? You're gonna get the get. You're gonna you're gonna rest in the Yellow Mama. Is there is there a reason that it's called the Yellow? I'm not Mama? really sure. I of think that. it was painted yellow. Oh, I, I don't. I didn't know. I, I mean, I have no idea. I don't know, but I'll be honest with you. That was not a threat that I heard very often as a child. (laughs) Your your mom didn't throw that out there? Your mom didn't have have an electric chair sitting in the back in the laundry room? No, I don't recall her ever saying (laughs) I'm going to execute you with my electrocution. Okay, so it's like the boogeyman's going to come get you. (laughs) That kind of thing. All right, anyway, it's better than we had some friends that they would tell their kids the trash man's going to get you. And I'm like, that is a horrible thing to tell your kids. I loved the trash man as a kid. I wanted to be a trash man. And now look at it. They like city employee. Have decent benefits, insurance. Ride right around in like, a truck. Yeah, ride around in a truck. You get free stuff all the time because people throw out some garbage. good stuff. I mean, you get some early retirement, little stay. Yeah, I mean, you know. goodness. <laughs> all right, we've gone far afield. Far afield. <laughs> far afield. How do we go? Okay, so um, Jesus says, uh, if you want to have your life, the st- first step is to lose it. And that is, in, in the first century, that's jarring. That's crazy talk. That's almost a uh, word salad. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What do you mean? And today. If you really think about it, 21st century, it is just as jarring. It is jarring. Yeah. Now, it, now we we have first, we have to strip the marbleized crosses off of it. Yes, yes. And the gold cross kind of thing. But if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and shamefully be executed daily and follow me is still uh, a rare thing to even find in Christianity. We don't think about dying to ourselves. And so as we talked about, you know, something as simple as wearing a mask and we were saying, well, you know what? I don't like it. I don't want to do it. I feel like now I'm spending just about every time I go to a store, I get to the door, see the sign, have a debate with myself. (laughs) You know, I can get away with Die this. Die to self once more. <laughs> and then I, I stomp out to the truck. I get a mask. I put it on. And then then the whole time I'm in there, well, he's not wearing a mask. <laughs> um, that the, the employees got it down below their nose. How stupid is that? And so why do I have to wear a mask? And and so some, with something that simple, you know, we, we all agreed that we, we need to die to our opinion, die to what we think, and do, do what we're asked to do. Romans 13, still in the Bible. I don't like it. I wish Mama would let us out. 
I mean, <laughs> I, do, I don't like that, 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 and I really don't like it now that Florida's governor said, you know, y'all do what you want to do. And yet we're, we're contiguous to Florida, and I'm like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> yes. Me, my wifey. I want to do what I want to do. And everything comes back to the idea that we, as believers, the very act of getting saved is us saying to God, you are Lord, and you're the boss. And I don't get to decide what I want to do. All day today. That has been on my mind since you had texted us reminders, you know, um, this morning and subject content. And all I could think of as I thought about dying to self all morning, just as I'm driving around, I had errands to run all day, been, been on the road getting ready for some of the events we have going on at church. And as I was driving place to place, all I could think of was how long and how hard I fought that. And because I didn't get saved and I grew up in church, I was, you know, a perfect attender. I was nine months in the womb in the church building. Um, I had walked the aisle a few times, been baptized three times at different ages, uh, you know, each one of those. But and you don't have to laugh about that. That's a pretty common story. It, it, yeah. I know. J.D. Greer has but, a little book. It's one of my favorite. It's called Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. And you could just walk into the whole thing of exactly that of. It's so much more than that prayer, than the warm fuzzies, than the I, I feel bad know, about what I did and or whatever. And wanting to follow Jesus. Like, I want that. I want that assurance and I want that the promises. I believed that the Bible was true, but for me, the fight came in, in years of surrendering right. my will. Yeah. Yes. That surrender was the thing that I fought against for so long. Well, and I mean... Uh, you're not the only one. And, and like, I think everyone can sit there and admit, it's like, man, that's, that didn't stop. Like for me, like that <laughs> didn't stop. So yeah. kind of want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Oh, I've got that Preferably part. how yeah. I want to do it. No, I'm and, kidding. And, but, but yeah, uh, I mean, that, that. I mean, and note that Jesus doesn't say, walk the aisle one time and die to yourself. Yeah. He says daily. And boy, isn't that hard. I mean, every moment of every day, you know, like I need to go do this or I want to go do this. I don't want to confront issues that need to be confronted. I have realized recently that sometimes I have let things go too far um, in loving others by not confronting wrongdoing. But at the same time, how do you do that? I mean, for me, that was another that's another point of that God is working on that dying to self means that it's not always comfortable. And see, and that's the, the beautiful part of dying to self. See, I don't struggle with that side. I struggle with the opposite side of the coin. <laughs> hey, you know, Tom didn't have to tell me. Got it. I, we do that. Got way. it. <laughs> I, on a regular basis in my internal dialogue is Tom, shut up. Tom, shut up. Tom, shut up. Tom, shut up. And so... Jesus saying, take up your cross daily means that for each one of us, what that, how that plays out every day, even though we're all in that same struggle, how that plays out is very different. I was talking with someone yesterday who comes out of a drug and alcohol uh, addiction issues. And for that person, the battle of dying to their selves is going to feel different at times than it feels to me, it's no worse. It's no better. And, and in fact, I, I think the point of the story of the prodigal son is you have two guys. One of them is very clearly evil, right? He, he, he goes to his dad he, and he literally says, I wish you were dead. I want what I would get when you die. He takes the money. He goes, spends that money on booze, on 
fast women, all of these his buddies partying. We would look at that and go, yeah, that's 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 well, a bad. It's obvious, bad. Yeah. yeah, obviously bad. Yeah. The other son stays it with his dad, works every day, and yet when both of their hearts are exposed, we see that both of them are equally wicked. Mm-hmm. They're just wicked in different ways, mm-hmm. and ultimately had the father not broken into the situation, both of them would have ended up in the same hell. The right. devil doesn't care which way that he he drags us to hell. He just wants to make sure we get there. And so whether it's if he takes us to hell through uh, partying, whether he takes us for, to hell through being a legalistic jerk, going to church every time the door is open, he doesn't care which one it is. And so for both of those people, for one person dying to their self is going to be that struggle against hedonism. And for the other person, it's going to be the battle against my need to tell everybody what they need to do. Mm -hmm. And so the beauty of Jesus saying, you've got to die to you is we all know the the depths of the wickedness of our own heart. And we know where that struggle lies. I, I think even from the time I was a little kid to this day, I have never read a Bible verse and, and gone, that is shocking information. I can't believe that thing was sin. <laughs> yes. Now, I know when I'm sinning. And usually... I justify it. I argue with yes. myself. Whoa, 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 I pretend whoa, whoa, whoa. like it's not there. When did, when did they put that in? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on a second. That's not clearly stated. So I think there's a little gray area. What, yeah. Was that wrong? Was Should that, I not have done that? Was it that? really wrong, though? <laughs> and hindsight. Oh, oh, hindsight. No, we walk into sin knowing full well with the Holy Spirit screaming in our ears, you know better, don't yeah. do this. <laughs> That mute button. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, try, yes. we try. We try. So we wear hard to the mute, mute button out, <laughs> and we spirit, justify. Yeah. Well, you know, in these circumstances, it's always it's the reason well, why I can speed now is because in, I, light, I, in, light, in light of COVID. No, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anybody else says it for stuff? In light of COVID, <laughs> of COVID <laughs> I, I really need to sanitize my yeah, ears. I'm so really this, this six pack is going to help me out. <laughs> Yeah, but but it, it even comes down to, I mean, while we laugh and joke about it, I think that um, the seriousness of sin before a holy God is one of those things that as we are growing that sanctification process and as we grow as a Christian, we realize. And the more you love God, the more you hate the sin, the more you do that. But then there's always that battle as we're trying to justify you know, well, I'm going to make so-and-so feel better, or I'm going to help this particular situation, or I'm going to, um, you know, just whatever it is that we can come up with as an excuse, we use it on an ongoing basis. And how many times have you sat and just, you know, you kind of drop your head and you think, yeah, I'm justifying what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah I remember there's some stuff a few weeks ago that I like was, you know, we had, I'd walked through, I had just made a really dumb decision and I had like lost my cool and lost my temper uh, around around some students and like I just made I, I just was really stupid in that moment it was extremely just was camping out in my flesh like was really mad had a tough day and could give a lot of excuses and had was just just acted really in a, in a very fleshful way around some students and I uh, again made a really dumb decision was it was had no shame in saying that um, but the part that got to me the most was and it kind of started like this like kind of a of a snowball effect was 
well, crap, you're going to have to, well, this is what you, think about this question, what this student is going to say to their parents that you did. And then it was, well, then that reflects bad on the church. Well, then that reflects bad on you as a minister of the gospel. And then that reflects bad on, which again, it really should have been the other way around, which was also but more, we always did which that, was, uh, again, again, it, was, it started with, with well, crap, this is really going to, this is yeah. really going to make me look bad, yes. which really makes the church look bad, which really makes God look bad. You really suck. <laughs> it's a, and like, I think, li- why did I start with yeah, the part and, that and it, it makes and, God look bad? Again, because yeah. all of it is so, again, the dying to self is so antithetical to everything that goes Every through my this. mind is because it all goes back to how how is this going to affect me? How do I come up on top of this? How do I avoid coming out on the bottom of this? And I will manipulate each and every situation to where I'm going to, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get the best out of this. Like, that's just how, that's how I want, that's how I want things to work out. And so when it, when I did something stupid that made me, I was going to come out on the bottom and outside of lying, there was no way that I wasn't going to come outside <laughs> of the bottom. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm at least not going to do that. What about when we compound uh, the sin, yeah. you know? I was at least not going to do that. Oh, that so, I'm the king of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, done it once. Might as well just throw three let's or Let's get the <laughs> shovel out and start digging. No, I didn't do that. I'm already no. ankle deep. Might as well go to my neck. <laughs> um, but thinking of how, like, again, I started with, man, this is going to, this is going to make me look bad. And then I got to the point where like, I just felt like, the, and I kind of feel it now thinking about it. Like I just, like my whole heart just sank to my stomach. Cause it's like, man, you, you suck. Like you, this is not how, like you've got this completely flipped and really convicted me a of not being stupid in front of students and B letting God work in my heart to realize, Hey, you, 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 your existence is for me first, not for you not for and not for, e- not for even all yes. the stuff you do, yes. Yes. not for even the ministry that you do outside of ministry and outside of the churchiness. You are for me. You are my child. Exactly. And you have to do what I and, say. And, yeah. some, and I'll use, sometimes I'll use that as like, oh, well, I'm a minister. So I got to do this and do that or whatever. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're a believer. You're a disciple. You're a follower of Christ, and and that's why you do it. And and like so, kind of figuring that out, and like in my own heart, is how like it started with. Well, man, how does this affect me? And then I ended up as, man, I've really sinned. I've really stepped in here. I've really disappointed God. And beating myself up. Yeah, I felt yeah. really bad. And ultimately, like, I had some people say, "Hey, you're, just chill out. You're, it's, chill out. it's fine." It's but okay. I, I felt, I, just, I really did. I felt terrible about being stupid and. And, and it was okay. Yeah. It, because you realize that we all do it. But yeah. when it's you that does it. I even had some, <laughs> I had some parents with their students. He's like, like, is that, I, I kind of explained what happened. They, I said, is that it? I yeah. said, well, I said, yes, but th- that was not the right thing for me to do. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so anyways, but all of that being said, I, my mindset really flipped and God had really worked in my heart lately of like, it was, okay, it's so not about you. It's so not even about what you do in terms of ministry. Like it's not about your job. It's not about your status or whatever. This is so much more about your heart, the condition of your heart and how you reflect me in everything that you do. And you fell short of that in what you did. And, and, let alone how it affected everything else in my life. It affected my relationship with Jesus and put a, put a, you know, put a, put a disconnection in between that in, in terms of how I acted. And and Satan um, will use that kind of stuff, too. Probably a good point that we can shoot off of this is Satan is going to use that kind of thing to keep us from 
being effective for the gospel. Yeah. Like you beat yourself up and then you're like, maybe I shouldn't be out there helping with such and such or be a, a, an example in front of kids. Or maybe I, you know, maybe I'm not called to w- what God has put me to do for now. I mean, I've had moments of struggle like that when I've messed up and thought, you know, this is not the place for me. Mm-hmm. I, I should go to the house. You know, Satan is going to do everything he can to pull someone who's not a believer away but then those of us who are believers to redirect us, to distract us, to get us so caught up in ourselves. Yeah, well, once he once, you know, the, once, the, our, once the enemy gets caught up in my thoughts, it is a, we talked about this yesterday on the Revelation podcast uh, and some of the stuff that's going on with some of the mind games and, and the things like that that the enemy works with and, 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 and uses. Um, the enemy and my thoughts and me alone, it, it, it's, it can, for all, for I think everyone, but like even for me speaking personally, like that's a, I can get, I can get in a funk like real quick, fast. Uh, <laughs> yes, which is which is sin. Yeah, and it because it's just a different kind of ultimately sin. It, it that's idolatry because we're saying, okay, God, I know you said that you died for this and that you're you're going to sanctify me through this, but I need to own, I need to own it. And so I'll take care I need of this. To, I need to be so punished. I need to be recognized hair for shirt. how bad I am. And it's shirt. like, no, you, no, you do like that. No, I need to crawl on my knees. I need a hair shirt. You know, I mean, and finding that balance though between understanding the the depth of the sin yeah. before a holy God, and then the you know where it can take you too far to the other way, where you you know you're just ending up. Well, now everything is turning to. Oh, woe is me. Woe it's is like, me. It's, that's not, you've now, you've now become a perpetual Eeyore and it's just like, that's not it either. Yes. yes. And so finding that place where we rest in the fact of the work that Jesus did on the cross yes. and we recognize the depth uh, and the destructiveness and all of the cascading issues that come from our sin is, is, is why Jesus says daily. Yeah, and, and Paul, said, yeah. Paul says in Galatians, which I've just talked to the Galatians, says, hey, this is grace, this is the freedom that you have in Christ, but it's also not a crutch for you to continue to sin. And that's kind of where I find that balance where Paul says, hey, this is the freedom, so know that freedom, live in that freedom, walk in that freedom, also stop sinning. And it's, so it's like, <laughs> know what God has done for you on the cross, but also stop doing the bad things. Yes. <laughs> Please stop doing this, watch this. So... The thing about sin is that it will, and we you, we joked about, you know, how easy it is to fall into the. Okay, so I've messed up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hide this, yeah, or I'm gonna cover that. We will try to be David. I mean, if you look at David, Ugh. he went from, hey, she's hot, to murdering a friend of his pretty quickly. Yeah, very quickly. I mean, relatively it, speaking. I mean, he, and, he. Oh, and then and then. <laughs> And then kind of lied about it, <laughs> setting kinda, it up kinda, and lying about kinda, it. Kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, just think of the fact that he went from, dang, she's hot, to, hey, take this letter to, to the commander that essentially this guy's death sentence yeah. in weeks. Yes. And, and so never forget that we as, as believers are commanded to take up our cross daily because when we don't, we can go down, a ra- uh, down, down the depths of wickedness quickly yeah, that snowball then becomes an avalanche and well, it's, it, what it's started trouble. with a thought an attraction went into an action the action started to compound one on top of the other because once you had started moving in that direction you either repent and turn away from it or you just have to keep the path going 
And we've seen that time and again. You see it in everything from someone who um, they're, they're what we would categorize their sin as an addiction, but it's true for all of us. When we all fall into our sin tendencies, you know, you start with those thoughts and work your way out from there. Well, and, has, and as we've seen with, and again, this is not, this is by no means being judgmental because again, I need to make sure I guard my own heart. But like in the moral failures of pastors and things like that, when you see one thing exposed, well, when you There's see one thing exposed, stuff. people start digging. And when you start digging, guess what you're going to find? You're Absolutely. Find a, a lot of issues. And again, yeah. like the first thing always when pastors are exposed, the first thing I look at is, okay, Matt, check yourself. Before you're judgmental, before you jump oh, to yeah. conclusions, check yourself. And then also, again, have that conversation of... Uh, when you see, when there's usually one there's usually not just this one big moral failing that's just the way that usually sin works just like if it was a one time thing they got exposed rarely does not saying it can't happen but rarely is that the situation it's usually this is what happened what's been exposed and then we look under the surface because people start digging and people start asking tough questions and people who were oblivious before are now super enlightened right yeah. and which is again always like like we talked recently I remember a conversation of uh, nearby some school or whatever, like missed like over a period of years, like $750,000. And it's like, hold on. Who, who looked at that and said, Hey, you know what? We're missing a little change around here. Yes. <laughs> this is a, this is three quarters of a million dollars. Yes. Anyways, well, yeah. but seeing how there's, it, once we start digging and those things become exposed, it's usually not just this one right. situation. Right. One and instance. then walking that path of, uh, okay, so you're a fellow believer beside that person who has walked down that path. They've fallen into a um, serious public moral failure and you're walking that. So having that sympathy on one side of that, but having that, um, call to that iron sharpens iron or I mean we could point to a thousand different verses that it talks about that as fellow believers we're supposed to go and call them back to God saving them from their own path and and, you know and that's hard and it's heartbreaking in the process of doing that yeah well and recognizing that sin never I mean nobody wakes up one morning and says you know I'm gonna try heroin today yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do a little sin today. I, I mean, that, that's not how it works. And so even in the life of, of people who are fall down that spiral of addiction, they don't wake up one morning and say, yeah, I'm going to start mainlining today. Yeah. No, it, it starts out with they're at a party and, hey, this is going to be fun. This is going to be exciting. Woo, just try this one little thing. And, and, and I've had multiple conversations with pastors who have had moral failures and it always starts with thoughts and then leads to just flirty text. It's just, it was just a text or just a little conversation. And, and this little, so that no one steps feels like you're jumping off the edge of the cliff. I agree. And, and I've had sisters in Christ who have gone through a divorce through a situation, say like adultery as you know, but there, but I, I will say this, there is a point at which it is very clear. I don't think that you cross over some big lines in your life without at some point you've not, you're not doing unconscious choices. There does come a point when you are making conscious oh, absolutely. choices yeah, towards yeah. that. And, and that, if you have the Holy you know, Spirit back way back when, when it's in the thoughts, the Holy Spirit's in your head going, Hey dude, no, you, uh, uh-uh, don't be doing that. Yeah. And so I think that the idea of dying to yourself daily, the reason why that's so important is if, if I'm spending today in the word and on my knees, I'm not spending today running after, after my desires and my sin at those two things, that's oil and water. And you brought up when you're talking about what Paul says in Galatians and, and I had, 
I remembered that uh, the call of the, the apostles, the way that Mark puts it is this way. Jesus went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed 12 whom he named apostles so that they might be with, the, with him and he might send them out to preach. And so we get focused on the, the, the stuff we're doing for Jesus. And Jesus' first thing was he called those apostles to be with him. Mm-hmm. And so the way that we die to ourselves it, primarily is I'm going to spend today living it for Jesus. Because kind of like we, we were saying with, when you had made the mistake and everything, if we focus on the sin, if we try to white knuckle through the sin, then we're still focused on sin. Yeah. Whereas if we focus on, I want to live my life for and with Jesus, mm-hmm. then a lot of those temptations, I'm not going to say they go away, but they're replaced. Well, it's like, it's like the, and again, it's like, the, it's, it's like the hymn when the things of earth will grow strangely dim yeah. in an in a odd way. They bec- if I'm much more focused on Jesus, the things of the world become much less of, they become background noise. And they're still noise. Don't get me wrong. They're still noise. They're still there. But if I'm, co- if I'm continually pursuing and relentlessly chasing Jesus with everything about me, then they become But you've seen that noise. in your own walk, right? Yeah. Each oh, of you have seen periods where you go through this and you're staying where everything in the world grabs your attention mm-hmm. and you, you're focused on that. When God reveals it or when you come to the point where you're like, okay, God, you got to help me with this. I, you know, I can't roll out of this either thought pattern, behavior, attitude, whatever it is that is your sin that's happening. And you start calling out to him. How many times has he left you hanging and not come along and helped you? Uh, never, never, yeah. and and you know, I, I think in my own testimony, and I, I've shared with this church that um, I, I had a, a six or seven year period of time when I was I was a drunk. I was, and, and I've shared with the church that I know my own heart well enough to know that I'm not the guy that can that can have a beer. I, I never was, n- never will be. I'm the kind of guy who has a beer and then, you know, 16 all hours later, have all, all the beer. beer. And then that, that will move to, to scotch and then tequila. And then, <laughs> then I'm in Tijuana and nobody knows where Pastor Tom is. Yeah. And so I know that about my heart. But I will say that I don't think about it. It's not something I hear people say, well, you know, you need to get up every day and say, uh, I'm Tom Harrison. I'm an alcoholic. No, I'm not. Yeah. I am not. I am a saint saved by God. And over time and over as God has changed my focus and my as, and changed my desires, that's not a lifestyle that I want anymore. And so th- that's still there in the back of my mind. And I know that I'm not the guy who's going to be able to go to a restaurant and get a gl- glass of wine. I, yeah. That's just that ain't me. I'm not saying, and I don't, I'm not even talking about alcohol. I'm just using it as an example. Um, But I, so I know that about myself, that's there, but I don't, you know, have something traumatic happen in my life and start thinking to myself, oh man, I just, I just really, really want to go get, you know, go buy me a bottle of, of Johnny Walker or something. (laughs) It's just, that doesn't come up because over time God's replaced that I'm much more likely to fall on my knees and cry out to my God because yeah. that's become my reflex. I will say, though, as you, I have written in the front of my Bible, every man of God is one prayerless day away from failure. And so our focus has to be on that being with Jesus. We're dying 
to ourselves, but he's not leaving us dead. Yeah. All right. So in Romans chapter six, Paul talks about how we're buried with Jesus by baptism into death. So he, he picks up what Jesus is talking about. Uh, and he says, for, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection. And so the picture of baptism is that we're buried with Jesus in, in baptism, but we're raised. And so we walk in a new life. God hasn't called us just to stop sinning. He's called us to live a life for him. And so the idea of repentance is, is a really cool one. It's not just stopping, it's turning and going the other direction. So with the same energy and excitement and thrilling nature of me running after my own sin or what I want to do, I'm supposed to run after what God wants me to do. Mm -hmm. And so dying to ourselves is something we have to do every day. Every day we have to have that, you know, we have to tell ourselves to shut up. We have to have to tell ourselves, okay, you need to open your mouth. You have to tell yourself, uh, stop beating yourself up. Whatever your sin is, all the things that we've yes. talked about, um, you have to die to yourself. But the, it's not going to work long term unless you're replacing that with something else. Yeah. It, it's just not. We, we can't white knuckle through our sin, and we cannot just remove things without replacing it with things of the Lord. Okay, so one of the things that we do in Kid City on a regular basis with the children is we talk about the desire to be God. We talk about letting God, you know, we've talked before in some of our other podcasts about letting God be boss, you know. And then we talked about Eve and what happened with her, and it was just basically that she wanted to be God. She wanted to be like him. She wanted to know good and from evil. She wanted to make the choice about the tree um, that she was putting in. So one of the things that we talk about with the kids is trying to help them to begin to understand is that their rebellious heart comes from a place of where we use those big words. What it is is just basically you want to make all the decisions and be the one in control. Right. Which comes to the surrender, which comes to the walking with Christ daily. It kind of leads to all of the other discussions, you know, in each one of them. Well, this last Sunday, one of the kids, um, I was in small group with her and, um, as I was leading through and we were going through the discussion, she came to a point where she talked about at school, she said, I have a friend who tells me that um, basically if they do all of the right things, they're going to get to go to heaven. And so she wanted to know what an answer was to her friend. Well, and I would say, you know, I've shared with the church the the theology of salvation in Islam is... Uh, ultimately, that you have, as you go through your life, uh, on your left shoulder, a demon, uh, a jinn is, is what it is in Arabic, um, which is where we get the word genie. So you have a jinn on your, your left shoulder, and on your right shoulder, you have a, an angel, a malek, and they're literally writing down everything that you do. And so when you come before God, your demon and your angel literally take the record of all of your actions and put them on a big golden scale. And if the good outweighs the bad, you make it into heaven. But isn't that every other world religion, I, not just that? I w I'm going to say, I would argue that probably 70% of the pew in a Baptist church thinks the same thing. Or something similar. They think that if the good outweighs the bad, then they're going to go to heaven. I, I've ha had well-meaning believers who were 
Sunday school teacher level of believers who have been at a funeral with someone who had no fruit in their life, never went to church, and said things like, well, but he was just the salt of the earth. If he didn't make it to heaven, I don't know who does. And I want to go, ah, no, because we, we, it's easy to let that permeate in our life. It's easy to look at um, a, a devout Buddhist. I mean, goodness, he's praying 12 hours a day. That Muslim dude's waking up at 5 o'clock every morning to pray and then praying four more times during the day, throughout the day. During Ramadan, they make themselves miserable. Because for a month, from sunup to sundown, they don't eat anything. If we tried to institute that in the Baptist church, they would stone me with hymnals. Oh, we yes. have to shut it down. <laughs> we would shut it down. And so you look at someone who's very devoutly believes what they believe, and they're, you know what, they're a good husband, they're, they're a good wife, they, they take care of their family, they, they, they do, you know, they, they hadn't hurt anybody, they wouldn't hurt a flea. But when I can look at that neighbor that has passed away, and I'm standing at their funeral, and I can say they're salt of the earth, if I say if they don't get into heaven, nobody does, it takes all culpability off of me. I am no longer responsible to share the gospel, to do the things that Christ has called me to do, to talk, to show and live an example and witness to others. I've just pushed it back. And it, I, I think it's an excuse often for us when we look at someone whom we've been close to or maybe, um, I, and I, I don't think it's just that simple. I do th- realize there are other reasons and other complexities to that. But I really think that part of that is just because if I have to own responsibility to that, then I have to die to myself, make myself uncomfortable, share the gospel with people, you know. And I would say that the the idea that a good person in a, that we have in our mind, that good people make it to heaven, God somehow comes out in the wash, actually comes down to idolatry because that means that we get to decide based on the matrix that we're using on who's good and who's bad. Yeah. And that which al- is relativism. Oh, it's very re- re- very yes. relativistic and it, it ultimately and the way that I always in in Muslim culture com- combated their plan of salvation is I would say um okay, so let me explain to you the biblical role of salvation that the Bible teaches that mankind is ultimately not just a little wicked, very wicked, and that we don't really want God to have anything to do with us. Paul says in Romans chapter 3, we go out of our way to sin. We would rather yes. climb a tree and lie than stand on the ground and tell the truth. Yeah. So God has to make a way. And so, you know, it's just like when I'm sitting down with the kids and I say, who are we saved from? What are we saved from? And they always say, the devil or sin. Or, and I said, well, ultimately we're saved from God because he has said, everyone who has sinned, that soul that sinneth, it shall die. And we don't like that because that means everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember very well um, finding out as a young student at Cusa Christian that there's a verse in, in, in the Bible that says, cursed is every man that pisseth on a wall. And I was like, oh, my God, scandal. <laughs> the, w- 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 what that verse is saying is every man is cursed. Everybody. And so the idea is, is that God, that every human being realistically has God's wrath pointed at them. And we don't like that because that means he gets to tell us what to do and not to do. Yeah. So we're saved from God. We're not bright enough, good enough 
smart enough to come up with a way to do it. So we're saved from God, by God. And then according to the book of Romans, the book of Galatians, we're saved to God's glory. Mm -hmm. And so I always would ask that Muslim, so in your mind, from what you know about God, not anything that I've told you, from what you know about God, what plan do you think God came up with where I earn my way, I'm a good person, I get to stand in heaven and go, hey, I did everything I was supposed to do within reason. Or do you think that God would have a plan where he gets all the glory, we're saved from him, by him, for his glory, which one do you think God would choose? And that is how we, one of the ways that we die to ourselves, the rec recognizing it ain't about us. It's not us that's making the way. We're playing a bit part in his story. The yeah. movie's about him. Right. Yeah. And, the, and the fact that we get the privilege to come alongside him and to be used by him for his glory. And that's a kick in our pride that's, that, that's uncomfortable. We don't like that because we, we want to be the hero in our own story. Yes. I recently saw, and I don't even remember which um, which actor it was, but he was he it was all this uh, you know how how to be a better person, and his advice was be the hero in your own movie. If you if you're if you're want to sleep in and you're supposed to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go work out, in your mind say if somebody was watching this movie, would they be watching me and go, oh he he he's a little wuss. If that is, then be the hero of your own movie. Be the guy, you know, the montage song is playing. You jump up and you sweat it out. You Rocky in Philadelphia. That's yeah. right. You're boxing <laughs> and running the stairs. Exactly. Running around in a circle. So be the hero in your own story. And I'm thinking that works until you can't get out of the bed because you've got cancer. Well, it's, yeah. and, it, and this is not. Or anything. This, this is not, you know, putting down any other pastor or speaker. But there is this, like, in, in, in my age group, there is a lot of pastors who stand in a pulpit and preach that. And, and I guess it's not trying to be a church curmudgeon or, or be just a jerk, but it's like when you say things like you're the hero in your own story, you write your story, you, you're whatever. David. It's like, you're, you're David. And it's like, you're not David. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. not. Like I am again, like I talked about, I am. And, and, and Tom, you said this often, like, when I think about sin and how sin works in my life, I am the worst person that I know. I am the the nastiest, the dirtiest, the worst. Like, I am the worst person that I know. Uh, and, and so for me to be able to stand before God and be used or to even just to serve him in general by my life, again, outside of, of ministry or, or serving in the church, just, just living a life for Christ, living a life that's been redeemed by Christ, it should not have happened. Like it should not have happened to me because of the way that I am because of my life. But then we like, but to think of that thing of how like you're David, you're the hero in your own story. You're, you know, you, you make the thing, you, you take action, you take initiative, all of those things. And, and I think that's different from being active in your faith and being pragmatic in your faith. They're like, like you actually doing what scripture says. I think that's a, there's a difference of, yeah. you know, essentially where you're, <laughs> you're putting a lot of gray into the gospel message versus do what God's called you to do. I think that's two very different oh, things. Oh, very different things. I think it's two very extremely different things. And I think for my culture, this, or like my, like my, my age group, this out of, out of high school to probably 25 to 30, that's what a lot of what we look at Christianity and say is, I've got to do the good things. I've got to, because we get stuck on this thing of anxiety or, or, you know, I'm just, these people are all against me or whatever. And that's what I constantly hear. Like, Pat, like, you know, um, 
or like the sermon jam pastors or whatever preach is like, do you all, this is there. Everybody's just against you. And this is the devil's coming after you. And you just gotta, you, you just, you just go and do better and do the, and it's like, yeah, but I can't like, like, so li- like literally, really work like out literally everything, everything yes. about me cannot do better. Like yeah. that is, that's the thing here. <laughs> it's like, I <laughs> There's can, your problem. I cannot do any better. Like I'm doing the best that I can and I suck. <laughs> <It's> really, <laughs> like really like that's what it is. And so for me to understand that, and I think this is a huge misnomer in our, in my culture, in a lot of cultures, but I'm, I'm definitely going to try to speak on like this again, 20 to 30 range is we have this, this idea that, man, it's just, I've just, I've got to do better. If I can just, if I can just get some stuff together, if I can just get some things right, and it's like, keep, keep getting, you know, like keep trying, keep, keep, keep getting, you know, that old phrase, well, when I just get my, when I get my stuff together, I'll be at the church or when I get my stuff together, oh, when, when we when keep getting, keep finding all your stuff that you got to get together, but it's not going to happen. When life goes downhill, we need to go to church. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you hear that a lot and I'm like, well, yes, but there's well, a whole go, lot When life's going really that. well, you need to go to church. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and when, when everything's gone to hell in a handbasket is not the time when you, you start to put the pieces back together. When, <laughs> when you're in the hospital and, and uh, you know, one of the things that they hammer you about in seminary is when you go to the hospital because Papa has had a massive heart attack, that's not the time to teach theology. You better have taught them up to that point so that they know to rest in God. You you can't walk in and go, okay, we need to talk about how you're gonna you're you're going to accept everything that God's given you. You can't do that then. You better do it before then. Yeah, there there has to be some preventive work, but you know, in God's grace, that is a moment too when you can speak into their life and you start can, oh, to. There you is know, no yes. better illustration <laughs> than to put my hand on a casket and say, "He's not here." Yeah. Now I don't. I I cannot speak with authority on where he is, and I always do a lot of if thens. If they de- are, were dependent on the finished work of Jesus on the cross, then we know they're in heaven. Um, I don't believe in preaching anybody into in, into heaven. Um, I, I, I don't think that that's possible. And I, I've done some funerals where I'm sitting there going, yeah, I, mm, I, mm, wow. Um, but I, I, I think that, that it is important as we to take up our cross daily and build that foundation so that, and it, we see it right now as people are, flipping out oh my gosh if biden become president we're all gonna die or if what i just heard a new term today the um twindemic get ready it's coming you're gonna see it in all the twindemic is here because we're we're in the worst cases uh through the whole pandemic today and they're predicting the the worst flu season we've had in 20 years and they're calling it a twindemic so really? that's going to be our new that term. New that's going to be added to the, the list of, of phrases that you know, flatten the curve. Um, well, we flattened the curve and kept stayed at home. <laughs> is, it, is it at least going to snow? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. I mean, in some parts of the country, it has snowed this worse. week. We got a hurricane coming right now, dude. I don't want the hurricane. I want it. I want to have a white Christmas. For those of you who are listening outside of Alabama, we rarely, yeah. Yeah. We today rarely was, get today snow. Was like, today it was like 80% humidity. It, was, <laughs> it was muggy. I'm sweating. We get a dusting on the ground. We're out there rolling grass. And e- e- eating our uh, milk sandwiches. Yeah. Milk and bread, yes, baby. Milk, milk and, and bread. bread. But, yeah, I think you bring up a good point, though, that that when we're looking in the mirror, it's easy to go, and there's your problem. Yeah. 
I'm the problem. And so I can't just pull myself up by my bootstraps. That's why God had to make a way. And that's why I have to die to myself and my pride and say, I can't do this. Well, and you do that. And this is, again, another really cool factor of the dying to self is that you do that physically by not participating in sin, not, you know, not having the six pack, not doing whatever, if that's your thing, not looking at this, not participating in that, not it letting it be jealousy, not, it can be not, slander, it, whatever it those things, not physically do it. Yes. But then we talk about like kind of how like we talk about my situation is in my head emotionally working through that of, of, of how I'm dying to myself emotionally because myself wants to focus on me and what's wrong with me or what I'm doing good or whatever like that, doing that emotionally. And then it's a whole spirit. And then it's all working together to work in your spirit and how all of God has created all of that to work in, uh, in the, he, God has weaved all that together to work in our heart for each individual, each individual person to work through that physically, emotionally, spiritually to where you have to die. Like there's so many aspects in which you have to die to yourself that like you see that is the only answer because every other aspect and if you leave like two out of three or if you do two and leave one out that one's going to get you it's like every it's, time it's okay. going to get you so pet pet sins what we call pet sins the ones we like to you know let them out of the kennel and you know if i ever so say the phrase yeah well you know what then, then you know that i'm about to step into my pet <laughs> But can I say, can I add, just as having known you now for several years, there's also a tone of voice that comes with oh, it. It's a, it's, a, it's a little bit, there's just a hair louder than what it was it before. Is just, it is, it's a bare difference. It is preacher voice. And the, <laughs> but anyway, we all have our pet sins. We all have the sin tendencies that we continue to battle our whole life. So after I had been saved just a few years, and it hadn't been that long, actually, relatively speaking, but after I'd been saved a few years and I found that I was still struggling with particular sins, and, you know, and then I'm like, well, maybe I'm not really saved. Maybe nothing has changed, you know, and you yeah. go through that battle you and you look at that. Out the card. Yeah. I got to walk the aisle and get baptized again. But what I found, though, and what as I started to look into it a little bit deeper, um, you know, I started to ask the questions of other people who have walked with Christ a long time in their lives. And, you know, preachers, um, evangelists, pastors, others around me who have walked this out. And I looked for sermons, was looking for things. And one of the things that and this is just maybe to give hope to somebody else who listens to this, as you struggle with that and you see your own tendency and weakness to fall into that category and continue to do the things that you don't want to do, right. this body of death, you know, we see as Paul Roman describes. Seven. And, but one of the things that really struck me was that um, I remember listening to a preacher and he said, when I, somebody had asked the question, what do you think really makes someone a Christian? What do you look for in their life as you're dealing with and discipling others who are come around you and coming along beside you? How do you differentiate between that? And um, he said that he had spent a long time thinking about it because we know that there are Christians who struggle deeply with sin, but they still are saved and going to heaven. And he said, um, he, he said it was just ultimately there was a love for God and a love for Jesus you know, the triune God as a whole in their life that is different and vastly different than it was before they were saved. Right. And that was the one that struck with me. And that was the place where I landed at that, at that point in that struggle. And that's been, you know, several years ago, but I look back at that now and I remember how clearly that struck me in my life and helped give me hope and realize that, okay, so I'm not alone in the struggle. And yes, I do see the difference because I do love God. And it's way different than knowing about God and liking the idea of God. Yeah, well, and I've heard Tom say multiple times since I've started working here, and when people ask that question of like start questioning their salvation, mm -hmm. it's, and Tom has always said, yeah, you should. 
every day. Like you, yeah. you should. You should check yourself. Check your heart. And then, like, again, Because it usually points to a sin that's got you right, separated and, and from God. And then because yes. I'm checking myself and, re, and not reassuring myself, but, like, because, like, it reassures me when I, when I look at that sin and figure out what, what's going on in my heart and what's distracting me from, from Jesus or from what, like, then when I fo- refocus on that, it reassures me, okay, this is the work God's called me to. This is, these are the things that God has called me to, these situations that God has brought me to that I need to minister in and that I need to share the gospel with these people, that I need to speak life to these people, that I need to just do life with these people and stuff like that. Like, it reassures me of the things that, and people and situations that God has put in my life to to show love and to show Jesus to them so that like, so that reassures. And so on my days that I start questioning and I have those doubts and I have those things like, man, is this, is it really worth it? Like, am I really doing this or or whatever? It reassures like, hold on. And this is not, and again, this is not patting Matt on the back, but it's like, Hey, look at what God is currently doing because of who Jesus is. And because of the work on the cross, look what's already happening in you and through you and ultimately in spite of you. And it can be a revisiting of that time when um, you lived in fear and in pain and in misery because the Holy Spirit was after your soul and you knew it and that pursuit was happening Mm -hmm. versus the time after you finally surrender and you remember the freedom and the peace and the mercy and all of the things that came after you turn. Yeah. And, but, but again, there's that, there's that major time when, you know, kind of God pulls back the veil a little bit and you get a a taste of your sinfulness compared to his holiness and Mm how Mm. all and fear. Yeah. I don't like the taste of that. That tastes tastes real bad. It's bad. But then those days when we do it, as we're walking it out with brothers and sisters in Christ, and as we're doing, you know, life together and, and working towards whatever it is that God has put before us, um, the beauty of that yeah. and, the, and the glory that goes to God in that. So clearly this is a subject that, that uh, there's a lot to do because I did not get through a half of the things that I thought we were. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, that's, that's perfectly fine. Uh, so uh, next week we'll pick up parenting again with uh, the teenage years and, and high school years. Um, this has been uh, Not Another Church Podcast as we looked at the idea of dying to ourselves. And again, we're, we'll have to come back to this because this is, this is probably another two or three hours. So <laughs> (laughs) Thanks for joining and uh, go serve your king. This has been Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. Thanks for listening and go serve your king.